Uh, you've reached Daniel McGacus, unfortunately. I can't answer the phone right now. If you could please leave a message, I will get back to you shortly. Thank you. Hi, you've reached Alistair Harrison. Unfortunately, I can't get to the phone right now, but if you leave me a brief message, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Thanks. I would like... You're drunk. If I may. And you're crazy. To take you... I'll be sober tomorrow and... On a strange journey. You'll be crazy for the rest of your life, but... Radio Desidendi. Hello, I'm Al. Hey, I'm Dan. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> too loud? <laughs> too loud. Too loud. Okay, no, actually, do that, but lean back. <laughs> Hello. Oh, still do that. Uh, no, that's good. That was good. Hey, I'm Dan. And I'm Al. And I'm Dan. And this is Radio <laughs> Desitendi. <laughs> On Jack Radio. <laughs> I'm sorry, we're still learning. This it, is episode... Three. The third. <laughs> Dan, how are you? I'm well. You're looking well, Alistair? Thank you. I'm feeling good. That's good to hear. I'm happy to be here. Now, would you explain to our listeners why we why we took the time and effort to play for them our respective voicemails? I don't rightly know. I think it was a terrible opening. Fuck you. <laughs> but <laughs> tank the whole segment. That's fine. No, that's a good idea. No, we were making a very good point about first <laughs> impressions. And I feel that... Uh, it's only opportune now, considering we released our first two episodes simultaneously, to review the first impressions towards Radio Desidendi, which I feel have been largely positive yeah. or indifferent. As, as Jimmy said, at least to our faces, people are nice. Yeah. And we had the lovely people at Survive Law share us the other day on Facebook and Twitter, which is much appreciated. So we are ballooning into, or oh, beyond the walls of UQ, which is exciting. Yeah. If we can enter the fact-free zone for a second... Rated Desidendi has had over 80 million downloads so far. 80 million. 80 million. It's incredible. It's a fact. It's, uh, well, <laughs> anyway, it's, uh, it's a thing. It's, it's certainly impressive. We do have one subscriber in New Zealand, though. Yes. That's tr- that is a fact. That's true, according to Jimmy. And Jimmy know. wouldn't lie about these things. I don't know who. I don't know why. I don't know. For what reason? We should also say, of course, thank you, you thank you to our listeners. Yes, thank you for well the support. As well as those who have plugged us, those who have liked us on the Facebook, which I believe is what the kids are calling it these days. That's right. I would like to thank, in particular, I received a text from my mother on Monday morning, which read, <laughs> I'm listening to sex and nepotism, which is, you know, generally not something you want to hear from a parent, but uh, I was pretty pleased to get that. You got a Facebook share, didn't you? Yeah, my mother shared us on Facebook. So, shout out to mum. Thanks, (laughs) mum. Thank you, Lisa. (laughs) I believe you can uh, check us out. Like us on facebook.com forward slash Radio Desidendi. That's right. And Uh, if you have tips, tricks, advice, feedback, you can send them through to radiodesidendi at gmail.com. Or if you're a pretentious, uh, trendy wanker... You can tweet us now uh, <laughs> at Radio Desidendi, uh, unsurprisingly, is the name of that one. So, <laughs> you know, get on that. We also have a mailing address. <laughs> no, we don't. Not yet. We're flutters. All right. What are we talking about today, Al? Dan, I'm so glad you asked. 
No, you're not. What are we talking about today, Al? Generally? Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about social media. All right. We're going to talk about the little yellow ghost that lives in your phone. Oh, my goodness. I know you're excited. Snapchat. You better believe it, Snapchat. It's getting freaky in here. We're going to talk about the government, some of the moves that they're talking about making. Commission of audit. Better believe it. Loving it. And then we're going to bring back, I can't believe it made it two weeks in a row, Case of the Week. Fantastic. I love Case of the Week. Get excited, listeners. This is Radio Dissidendi. Cutscene. This This is Radio Dissidendi. All right, you ready? You know, you couldn't tell from the recording, but I actually recorded my voice message in the back of a funeral. Oh, really? No. (laughs) (laughs) But it sounds a bit like it. It's pretty... If you listen to it again, it's just very, like, quiet. I sound like I shouldn't be talking. I'm either in the library or a funeral. Hi, you've reached Daniel McGackis, unfortunately. I can't answer the phone right now. Where did you do yours? Do you remember? Either in a library or a funeral. (laughs) Sorry, I wasn't listening. I was just too excited to tape out (laughs) the story of my voicemail message and how it came to be. See, I was at my, I believe it was my grandmother's 80th birthday in 2009. And, of course, there are a lot of helium balloons there. Now, helium balloons are, you know, universally hilarious for when you, you know, use them on your voice and whatever. Yep. So, I thought, well, rather than let the helium balloon go to waste, I'm going to preserve the great memory I've had. Of course, record a voicemail message. Oh, no. Yeah, using a helium balloon. Oh, no. And I did this in 2009, and uh, it was kind of like, and because I had to keep taking breath, it was like, hi, you've reached out to this voicemail message, (laughs) unfortunately. I can't get to the phone right now, but if you leave it, yeah. And it was just like, it was interruptions. It was terrible. It was awful. And it was only sort of around 2012, I realized. That's why you weren't getting any jobs. I, had re- I, I can't imagine how many job offers <laughs> I didn't get because of that. See, and that was the point of the, the segment, first impressions. A lot of the time in the real world, your voicemail is the first contact that, that people make with you in, in a personal sense, not just words on a page they can actually hear who you are yeah for that moment there and so when they hear you going hi I'm Alistair Harris <laughs> they're thinking this one's probably dangerous is it within arm's reach of a stapler <laughs> see the one before that wasn't was just me going hello Alistair speaking <laughs> long pause <laughs> no just kidding it's the voicemail leave a message <laughs> <laughs> all right let's talk about snapchat oh Dan I am mad as hell Yeah. I'm an angry, angry man. I'm not happy, Dan. You are a victim of the great Snapchat debacle of 2014. Oh, my word. I I wasn't going to say anything when they added the my story. Yeah. You know, so the snaps last for 24 hours. I I bit my tongue. I held my breath when they added new filters and the stupid giant text thing. I actually quite like the giant text. I'm a big fan of the giant text. But what about the bloody, the speed limit that they added to it? Speed limit? You can, yeah, you can bring up the speed limit and a time, whatever time, and the temperature. Uh, maybe Android Snapchat is different. I, I only just got giant text, and I'm like, this is cool. It's not cool. It's a big letter. I, I that, hate it. That is a big letter. Well, anyway, the point is, that was another terrible addition, but I was prepared to overlook it, because I just love the idea of Snapchat. Right. I love it. It's, but the, it's the best. You got the little blue thing in your Snapchat oh, inbox yesterday. God. You watched a little video and you saw a picture of people talking to each other in some sort of FaceTime-esque thing and you, like a sucker, you updated. See, that's the thing. Because social media has ruined my 
ability to pay attention to anything. I didn't really watch the video. I just thought, oh, cool, an update to Snapchat. Ignoring the last couple that have been terrible. Just This will be sheep, great. Sheep behavior. Yeah. And so I, I made the upgrade, made the switch. And now, lo and behold, there's Snapchat is actually, they're not focusing on the snap anymore. It's the chat. It's the chat. They're all about the chat. I Look, I am not a massive fan either. I don't want the chat because I, I look at it quite cynically. They just want to data mine. They just want to take my information and sell it to advertising companies. Surely. What, what else do they want to do? See, that, that can't be worse than sending, like, the worst selfies you can to people. Yeah, but what are they going to... Just the, the That's not monetizable. It's not of... marketable. They can't sell that to anyone. Well, look, that may well be... I generally try to just pretend that the whole data mining thing and Facebook being evil and stealing all my information and whatever, I just ignore that. Empirically, though, it just it sucks. That's why I don't like it. Because the thing that made Snapchat different... It, it, Snapchat is the highest form of social media, to my mind. Because it doesn't pretend to be something it's not. When you're using, when you're Snapchatting, you know it's crap. It just doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Facebook tries to preserve it. You know, Instagram, like a photo, a gallery should be for for art, not for selfies. But Al, you know, with the new chat in Snapchat, it actually only saves the messages you click. Everything else gets wiped. Don't care. I don't want to send text. Yeah. It should Fix be. I photos. think I agree. It should be about pictures. Why do we need another chat mechanism? It's unnecessary. There is, okay. Yeah, I agree. There are plenty of chat infrastructures. I can just get on Facebook, send you a text, send you an email. Just spoil it for choice, really. It just, it annoys me the trend of social media to be, I mean, as good as it is for connecting people, it seems more and more the trend is towards valuing and preserving banality. Seeing a thousand Instagram pictures of congealed meals turn into frescoes is just not needed. It's they're just all it's just is all the same. It's just rubbish. I See, mean, I think this fits into like a bigger problem with the human race generally, which is that we just have we can't leave a good thing. Snapchat, I think in its first iteration, was a great thing. You send pictures, they're timed, people can't keep them forever, you know, unless they're quick on the finger. And that's it. It's beautiful. It's, you know, it's elegant. It's living in the moment. It's like you're there. You snap it. It's gone. It's simple and unpretentious and fun. Ladies and gentlemen, here on Radio Desidendi, we can cover the funny issues. We can cover the downright boring issues. We can also cover the relevant issues. Commission of Audit was released this week. Some recommendations made pertaining to tertiary education. Three key ones were these. Firstly, that the student contribution percentage will, was recommended to be increased from 45 to 55%. Secondly, it was recommended that interest be adjusted so that it's not simply uh, indexed in line with inflation, with CPI, but that interest can be charged to reflect the Commonwealth's support of students. And thirdly, that the minimum wage at which students have to start repaying their hex debt be reduced from about $50,000, which is where it is currently, to about $32,000. So those are the three, um, the best of uh, elements of the Commission of Audit as it pertains to tertiary students. So, yeah, I've heard a lot of sort of complaining about these. Are, so are these actual proposed changes from the government? They're from recommendations the- from the Commission of Audit. Oh, okay. So whether they actually become law is is still uh, being debated. But as you can imagine, and like you have said, uh, students are a little bit antsy about the proposed changes, especially the interest one, um, in light of 
what you can see in in other countries and how student debt can be quite crippling for students. Mm. Well, yeah, the first change about increasing the percentage contribution is really just the fees sort of go up. Yeah, so it's not that controversial because, like... Fees have been going up for ages. That's That's right, And, and our fees are roughly on par with other countries, possibly even a little cheaper, so it's... That's not the worst thing for me. To me, the disturbing idea is that you could have uh, exploitatively high interest rates in the future because once you take that leap, it's very easy to to push it further. Well, yeah, I read this week actually that I think at um, Harvard University, uh, given so they pay quite high interest there, it's so high that the university could give out free education to everybody and still make a profit on the interest alone, which is just an incredible an alarming statistic. I absolutely agree. So that, I mean, to me, the interest thing, that's the, the most concerning element. Reduction of the minimum wage. Um, you know, if you're going to have to start paying back your hex debt uh, at 2.5% of your income when you're earning $32,000 a year, I mean, that may not sound like a lot, but for somebody who's graduating in a big metropolitan city like UNSW, UCID, UMELB graduates, um, and if you're only if you're only earning that and perhaps you're graduating with a law degree and you expected to be earning a lot more than that, you know, that could put some students in a pretty uh, unfavourable situation. So I'm a little bit cautious about that one as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, the government at this point seems to be quite keen on adopting most of the things proposed by the Commission of Audit, if I'm not mistaken. I I couldn't really tell you. I've just okay. just going through the recommendations. Like we said, what happens from here is still up in the air. So perhaps something we can talk about in a little bit more detail on a later episode of Radio Decidendi. But in the meantime, uh, if you would like to send us your comments or thoughts or rants about the Commission of Audit or the government or you know or actually anything your neighbour, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Um, then you can send them through to radiodecidendi at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook or Twitter. Just look for Radio Decidendi. That's it. <laughs> End of the segment. Cool. <laughs> well, I didn't know how else to end it. No, that was great. Yeah. Danny boy. Alistair. You know what time it is? It's case of the week time. It is case of the week time. Excellent. I can't believe it made it to a second, you know, segment, a second episode. Oh, I just, we keep surprising ourselves. We really do. Well, as you'll recall, last week we talked about a law student. This week we're going to talk about an actual lawyer. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> well, it, it will be because this week's maybe, case. <laughs> maybe for you. This week's case is Legal Practitioners Conduct Board and Kudra. And for those of you playing at home, the uh, medium neutral citation is uh, 2014, full court of the South Australian Supreme Court, number 37. It's a good citation. It's a wonderful citation. Wood uh, Ostley. And uh, the court was constituted of uh, Justices Gray, Sulan, and Bampton. Very nice. But enough of that. Let's talk about what's the sort of conduct we expect from lawyers. Where, where is the line in the sand? Where is it drawn? You know, how, how are you meant to behave? What is professional? Do you know the answers to any of these questions? Well, having read this case, I have some idea of what isn't professional. (laughs) And I feel that Mr. Kudra, the lawyer in question, also does. Because you see, listeners, Mr. Kudra was operating as a uh, legal practitioner on a no-win, no-fee basis. 
So you can understand that he was uh, reasonably keen to investigate the prospects of success of any claim. Logical. Makes sense. But he went a bit too far with this methodology because one day a complainant came in seeking legal advice about some uh, breast enlargement surgery she'd had a few years prior. Her contention was that one of her breasts, the right breast, was larger than the left breast and was painful and hard. Right? So she's obviously seeking some sort of legal recourse. That's a critical fact. Painful, but also the hard. It, it, was, it was quite of firm, the breast. Um, she, she asserted. Mr. Kudra, again, you know, trying to advise her, thought it was imperative. He took it upon himself. Well, he, he reached a fork in the road, right? Yeah. Where he could choose between referring this woman to a, a, a doctor or a specialist or something like that and yeah. the course of action which he actually took, which was giving her a feel up. Unfortunately. <laughs> Mr. Kudra took it upon himself to ask her to uh, disrobe from the, uh, the top half of her body. There was some dispute in the facts as to exactly what he did, but, but he, he, he investigated. Um, we'll leave it at that. You can read the case. It's, this is a paragraph five and six for those of you playing at home. Anyway, the, the complainant in question was reasonably unperturbed. Thought it was a bit bizarre, as you would. I mean, it's your lawyer, not a doctor. Yeah, it's, it's a bit not strange. It's not a normal course of action, but, but she trusted him. That's critical. She thought, I'm going to trust his judgment. He knows what he's doing. He's a professional, whatever. But a few weeks later, she went, she mentioned this to her friends and they let her know that's not quite right. He probably, he shouldn't be doing that. Definitely shouldn't be. On. See, this comes into another thing that's quite important in terms of legal practice and ethics and that sort of thing, something that the court considers quite a lot is how is the profession viewed externally? So maybe it's all well and good um, if she wasn't particularly perturbed by his conduct, but people on the outside, when they see that sort of conduct, if that makes them a bit uncomfortable, then that's something that the courts will be interested in from an ethics point of view. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the old idea that, you know, justice must not only be done, it must be seen to be done. Exactly. And, yeah, faith in the profession, um, their ability to sort of consistently act ethically is uh, critical. And I think this is probably what the court had in mind when they gave judgment in this case, because they affirmed the tribunal's decision that Mr. Kudra was in need of reprimand for these actions. And what is interesting is that, you know, there was some evidence tendered that Mr. Kudra... His son was sick. He'd been spending a lot of time visiting his son in the hospital, so he'd left some work unattended. He had to try and catch up on it. He was yep. under a lot of stress. He had no previous history of something like this, sort of, you know, a brain snap, I guess, like this. Well, there's no evidence that he had any lewd motive or anything like that. But even so, his conduct was so, judged objectively, it was so unreasonable. It's, yeah. It was um, so unprofessional that... He was in need of some reprimand. But, of course, what the court did in um, you know, affirming the uh, remedy for this, they took into account, I guess, subjectively, he, wasn't, he didn't mean anything uh, inappropriate by it. And I think that's probably the best that Mr. Kudra could really hope for Yeah. in these circumstances. So I guess, you know... Not a great... I mean, not a great case in the sense that it doesn't make you feel all warm and fuzzy like our encounter with Mr. Durney last week did. No. Uh, but probably the right decision. I think definitely a good call. And important for, you know, the budding lawyers listening, which is just you really have to make efforts yourself. I feel in this case, the line in the sand is pretty obvious to most people. But I guess at all times, you have to be vigilant in self-regulating your conduct and making sure that what you're doing is in the best interests of your client and in the best interests of the profession generally. 
We're giving That's this, right. We're giving this the Radio Desidendi tick. Gets the tick. Excellent. Every case gets the tick. They all get the tick. Because we just don't have the courage to disagree with judges <laughs> We don't want to be held in on contempt. radio. But, but this one definitely actually deserves the yeah. tick. The radio tick. Well, listeners, thank you for tuning in for another week of Radio Desidendi. We're very excited here in the studio. Al is literally on the edge of his seat. I think it's probably the caffeine regime. He's still recovering from that. I'm, you know, it's always a touch and go with the heart situation, but I think he's going to pull through. Anyway, I'm Dan. I'm Al. <laughs> he's still with us for the time being. And next week, we're going to do something a little bit special. We're going to turn Radio Desidendi into Ladio Desidendi oh. with our first female guest. Uh, we're pretty excited to interview her, and we hope you will tune in next week. And also, don't forget, you can uh, send us your thoughts or anecdotes or abusive emails at radiodesdendai at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook at Radio Desidendi, or you can tweet us at, at Radio Desidendi. And don't forget to rate us on iTunes. Rate us even if you hate us. But, you know, try not to. Also, I'm on Snapchat at Dame Helen Mirren, so <laughs> hit me up if you want. Thanks. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>